Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yerushalmi Pei Adaf Nun Beis. We are starting Nun Aleph Amud Beis about ten lines up from the bottom at the two dots with the words Taman Taninon. And in the Vilna Source Daf, it's about halfway through Chavtes Amud Aleph. And today's daf is sponsored by Lilian Ishmas, Mars Miriam Zara, Bas Rabbi Yaakov Moshe. Her Neshama should have an Aliyah. I think Mar tells us Taman Taninon over there. We learned in the Mishnah. This is Misachas Ksubis. Ha'ishu Shenafulon Nechasim, a woman who Nechasim fell to her, meaning one of her relatives died, and she's the one that gets the Yerusha. Anchalotis Ares, if this property fell to her before she became an Arusa, and then she was Nes Ares, she got engaged. She could sell them or give them away, and that's 100% valid. These properties belong completely to her, and even though she's an Arusa right now, her Aris has no rights to them. However, if this property fell to her after Arusin, she's still allowed to sell them. She's not allowed to sell them. Even though her Aris doesn't have rights to them right now, after Nisuin, after they get married, then her husband will have rights to them, so already now she's not allowed to sell them. Now, if Pinchas asks a question in front of Rabbi why wasn't this taught in the Mishnah in Adios as one of the Kulas of Beishamai and one of the Chumras of Beishil? There's a Mishnah over there in Masechus Adios that lists all the things that Beishamai or Mekel in and Beishil are Machmir in, which is unusual because we know that usually Beishamai is Machmir and Beishil is Mekel. So why wasn't this listed as one of them? So Amrulei told him, That Mishnah only brings things that are 100% Chumra or 100% Kula. From Hacha, however, over here in this case, it's a Chumrah on one side and a Kula on the other side. Let's take Beishamah Shita, for example. It might be a Kula that she's allowed to sell them, but then it turns out to be a Chumrah for the husband. And that's in Shita's Beishamah. In Shita's Beishil, it's the other way around. It might be a Chumrah that she's not allowed to sell them, but that's a Kula for the husband. So since it's not 100% Chumrah or 100% Kula, that's why this is not mentioned over there. The Gemara continues asking, We have a Mishnah, Beishamah, Aaron Beishamah says, Hefker Laniyam Hefker, that a person can make something Hefker only for Aniyam. It doesn't have to be for Hashirim also. So what do we see from here? Hare That's a Kula for the Aniyam, and that's a Chumr for the Baal Bayas, because in essence, that makes it easier for him to be Mafker his item, and that means that it's leaving his possession, so it's technically a Chumr, Utanisa, and we teach that in the Mishnah and Adios. So the Gemara says, no, you're right, it's a Kula for the Aniyam, but it's not a Chumr for the Baal Bayas, because he's making it Hefker with his own das, with his own knowledge. So that's not considered a Chumr. The Gemara continues on Relay, he told him, but we learned in Mishnah, and this is our mission that we had just learned on Nun Aleph Amr Aleph. A bundle that was near a stone wall, a pile, cattle, or kalim, and he forgot it. And Beishamai says it's not considered shecha. So I That's something which is a kula for the Baal Bayas, but a chumr for the Aniyim, because it's not considered shecha. Utanisa, and it's taught in that Mishnah in Adias. So I'm really told him, You're right, it's a kula for the Baal Bayas, it's not considered shecha, but it's not considered a chumr for the Aniyim, because they weren't zaycha in it yet. All Beishamai is saying is that this belongs to the Baal Bayas and not to the Aniyim. That's not a chumrah for them. It just means that it's something that's considered part of the regular harvest and simply isn't part of Matnas Aniyim. But that doesn't make it a chumrah. So we ask if that's so, so we should also say that over here, that the fact that this woman who got this inheritance as an Arusa is allowed to sell this property, that's a kula for her, but it's not a chumrah for the Baal. Why is that? Because the husband wasn't zaycha in them yet. He was only an Arus. He wasn't the full husband. So it should be included in the Mishnah. Back to our original question. So he told him, Kimisha Kitcha. Once he was Makadish, this woman, now there are Sanarusa, Lizhusa, Ulizhusa, Inaflu, these properties are falling both into her and his chus, and therefore the husband does have some rights to them. That's what we had explained in Shita's Base Hillel, that since he will have full fledged rights to them after they get fully married, already as Arusanarusa, he does have some sort of rights to them, and therefore by saying that she's allowed to sell them, that's a chai for him, and that's why it's not mentioned in that Mishnah. Now we just ask in Shita's Base Hill, I'm reviewed the review that says, Armulfnei Ram Gamliel, they said in front of Ram Gamliel, Hailva Arusa, Ishtai, Abanusua, Ishtai, 
way since that Arusa is considered his wife. Like she's not gonna marry anybody else. And if she's Mizana, she's gonna get killed. And obviously, if they're fully married, there was Nisuin, so she's fully his wife as well. So we should say the following: Mazu Avzu Just like if a woman who's in a sua receives a Yerusha from one of her relatives, if she sells that, the husband could take the property away from the person who bought it. So we should say the same thing if she sells it as an Arusa. And we know that she this base hill is not like that, even though Base Hill holds that when this property fell to her as an Arusa, she's not allowed to sell it. If she did sell it, it's a hundred percent valid sale. Why is that? We should say that the Arusa has the same date as an Asua. And if she sells it, it's not valid. So I'm letting he answer them We're embarrassed about the new ones. El Shatemagalin, the proper girsa is Olenu Hayashanim. Not only that, but you're also rolling the old ones onto us. And we're gonna explain this in a minute. The Gemara just says, Eluhin Hachadashin. What are we referring to when we say Hadashim, the new ones? Mishanises. That's the property that falls to her be Yerusha after she got married. What are the old ones that we're talking about here? That's referring to property that fell to her when she was in Arusa and then she got married. That's considered the old property. In other words, Gamaliel's answering as follows. You're trying to compare her selling the property that fell to her as an Arusa to her selling property that fell to her when she was in Asua. And just like that sale she makes as an Asua is bottle, so too it should be bottle when the property fell to her as an Arusa. But the problem with that, says Gamaliel, is that even to say that the sale that she makes when this property fell to her as an Asua is bottle, that's problematic. Because why do we have to Mivatal the entire sale. The only reason why the husband is able to mivatal the sale is because he has rights to the pay rice of her property. He doesn't get the property itself, but he has rights to the fruit that grows on this property. So why is he going to mivatal the sale for that? We could just say that since she owns the property, she's allowed to sell the property. And whatever fruits would have grown, she would have to pay her husband with the profits of that sale. But not that the sale should be bottle. So since we see that it's not so simple to mivatal the sale that she makes on property that she received as an Asua, so for sure we're not going to be able to mivatal the sale that she makes on property that she received as an and we've gone to brand new halacha. Halacha Gimel, the Mishnah tells us, Rosh Ashurais, the beginning of a row. A person forgot a bundle over there. How do we know if it's considered Shecha? So, the bundle that's next to it is going to tell us if that bundle that was forgotten is really considered Shecha. Now, what's this talking about? So, this fellow's field is set up like an Excel spreadsheet. He has 10 columns of bundles and 10 rows of bundles for a total of 100 bundles. And he begins with the first bundle on the top left. That's column one, row one. And he starts collecting all of the bundles in row one. So, he takes bundles one, two, three, and four, but then he skips bundle five and then continues taking six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Is this Shekha or not? Well, let's just remember, again, it's like Battleship. We have a bundle that was forgotten in row one, column five. So the answer is it depends on the Oymer Shekhenegdai. What does that mean? So we're going to have to see what he does with bundle number five in row two. When he starts gathering all the bundles in row two, so he takes one, two, three, and four, and if he skips over bundle number five in row two, so then he's shown that he wants to gather all the bundles in column five separately. Therefore, that bundle row one, column five, is not Shecha. But if he gathers bundle five in row two, then obviously he intends to gather everything only by row and not by column. And therefore, bundle five in row one is Shecha. Now, the same thing would apply if the forgotten bundle is at the beginning or at the end of the row. So let's say he gathered bundles one through nine and left ten. So is ten considered Shecha? Well, it depends what he does with bundle ten in the next row. If in row two, he gathers bundles one through nine and leaves bundle ten, so it must be that he's intending to gather all the bundles in column ten separately than that bundle that he left at the end of row one is not considered Shecha. A bundle that he took hold of in order to bring it to the city and then he had placed it down and forgot it 
Ma'idim, they agree, she'en Shecha, Sakas er Shecha. This is going back to Machlekes Beisham Beishil that we had previously. We had quoted Rebbe Yezer's understanding of this. The Rebbe Yezer had told us that Shitas Beishil is that it is considered Shecha. However, this mission is arguing with Shitas Rebbe Yezer, saying that both Beishil and Beisham agree that it's not considered Shecha. Continuing with the Mishnah, going back to something similar to the first case. Elohein Rashi Ashurais. Here's another example of something that we're calling Rashi Ashurais. Shnaim Sheishil Beemtz Ashura. Two people started gathering bundles and they started in the middle of the row. Zepanol Tzafan, Zepanol Adarim. This one turned north and started gathering north. This one turned south and he started gathering south. So their backs were to each other and they're walking away from each other gathering bundles. Ushchachai, and they forgot bundles. Lifnehen, Ulachrehen, in front of them and behind them. Shalafnehem, Shecha, whatever bundle that was in front of them that was forgotten is considered Shecha. Shalachrehen, Eno Shecha, whatever was behind them is not considered Shecha. So again, we're using our example that we have 10 bundles in the row and these two fellows, Reuven and Shimon, started in the middle of the row. Reuven started going up, Shimon started going down, and a bundle that was in between Reuven and Shimon was forgotten. That's considered Achrehen, a bundle that was behind them. That's not considered Shecha because they both relied on each other to take that bundle, and it could be considered Rosh Ashurais. However, something that was in front of them, meaning bundles that were in front of Reuven when he started, or bundles that were in front of Shimon when he started, if one of those was forgotten, that's considered proper Shecha. The Mishnah continues, Hayachet Shechom Rosh Ashura, a Yachet that started gathering his bundles from the beginning of the row. V'shachach Lefanov Ula Achrav, and he forgot bundles in front of him and behind him. Shalafanov Eno Shecha, V'shalachrav Shecha. The ones that are in front of him are not considered Shecha, and the ones that are behind him are considered Shecha. Why is that? Shehu Baal Tashuv, because there's Isra Baal Tashuv there. So this is different than the first case of the Mishnah. This fellow is gathering bundles, and he takes bundles 1, 2, 3, and 4. He skips over bundle 5, and continues on to 6, 7, and 8, and then he leaves 9 and 10, for example. Then he goes to row 2, and he starts gathering bundles there. 1, 2, 3, 4. Now, even if he skips over bundle 5 again, bundle 5 of row 1 is still considered Shecha. Why is that? Because since he also left bundles number 9 and 10 in row 1, so he shows that he intends to gather rows 9 and 10 in a different manner than he started gathering the other ones. But bundle 5 can't be part of that cheshbin, so it must be considered like he forgot bundle 5, and that would be him not being allowed to turn around. That's called Baal Tashuv. He has Isra returning to take it. And the mission concludes that Klal, this is rule, if he's going to have to return to get it, so that's Baal Tashuv. Don't return to get it, and that's considered Shecha. But if there's no problem with Baal Tashuv, it's not going to be considered returning to go get this bundle, so then there's no issue with Shecha. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about this in the Gemara. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.